Bookie by Renee Rose. I bargained with the Bratva, my brother's life, for my own. They offered me a deal, 30 nights for my brother's life, 30 nights with him. Nikolai Novikov, the charming but dangerous loan shark. He's deceptively smooth, sinfully handsome, addictive even, but it's only an illusion. I vowed to give him nothing more than I promised, yet he sees right through me. When it comes to my heart, all bets are off, and winner takes all. That's The Bookie by Renee Rose, live December 7th. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, we're here with the second installment of The Wrong Lies by Mimi Reed. I know we talked about it on Tuesday's episode. Yes. <laughs> She's got a ton of her stuff in KU now. You can go check it out um, if you like bully romance, enemies to lovers. She's got all the angst. And her big, thick, beautiful book, Lilac, is a rock star romance. So if you're into that all, too, if you like this, what you're listening to, you're going to love everything she writes. I love that writes. name, Lilac. I know. Isn't it beautiful? It is a beautiful Tana, word. That book, I think that book was like 175,000 words or something crazy. Jesus. Like, it's fucking huge. I'd, I'd love to know, to go back, because I seriously remember when she was writing it, and she posted up her word count, and I was like, you're a machine. How did you do this? <laughs> like, that's insanity. But, I mean, the paperback itself is, like, massive, yeah. but it's beautiful. I love the cover. So, we've got, um, like I said, we got the wrong blue eyes, um, but before we get into the second installment, I've got a couple of things that we're going to talk about, one of which is... I have talked about this before, but it is, you know, the show Bridgerton. Um, There's two young women named um, Emily Bear and Abigail Barlow. They're called Barlow and Bear. And um, Abigail Barlow is a singer-songwriter. She writes, like, uh, she says she writes pop music from Boys That Break Her Heart. Like, she writes really cute, like, sexy kind of revenge pop songs. They're amazing. I love that. And Emily Bear is an incredibly talented composer. She was, like, a child prodigy at, like, four years old on the piano. Um, she's insane. So, anyways, when Bridgerton came out, Abigail made a TikTok that said, but what if Bridgerton was a musical? And she wrote a song. I remember you talking about this. <clears throat> So, anyways, they ended up, they got permission from Netflix to write this album. They wrote the entire album in two weeks. Wow. They were able to get it recorded and all this stuff done, and they pub- they published it. And last week, they were nominated for a Grammy. <sighs> it was insane. I watched it live. I, that's the, the first and only time in my life I've ever watched the Grammy announcements live. And when they said the unofficial Bridgerton musical, I screamed and I burst into tears. And, excuse me, they were in London at the time. They had done a show there and they were having tea together and they were sitting at the table and they were watching it on their phone. And they were had the, the, another phone on the table was recording their reaction. And they were the last name called in that category. And you could see their faces falling as they read the names. And they were just like, and then they said the unofficial British Museum. And they were like, (gasps) and they just burst into tears. And Abigail is sobbing. And she's like, whoa, is it the last one? (laughs) (laughs) 
But it's so incredible to see it. These women are like 22 and 20 years old. And they've done this. And the reason that they did this, that they wrote it themselves, is because they took it to everyone and everyone told them no. And so they were like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it ourselves. Yeah. And so they wrote it and they did it themselves and they produced it themselves and they published it themselves and they didn't ask anybody for shit. I love it. And it was just insane that it's blown the fuck up. To where they got nominated for goddamn Grammy. I like hope they it was win. such a big moment. Yeah. And in other news, Abigail Barlow now follows Alexa Riley on Instagram. Oh. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, the day the Grammys got announced, that morning she had posted up a picture and Abigail has this gorgeous dress on and it's uh I don't know how you say it. I think it's Balmain, B A L M A N. Like this super ritzy like clothing line, fancy fancy. And I was like, that Balmain dress will not quit. And I like did clap hands or whatever. And then she was like, follow, <laughs> like right after I made that comment. But it was the night she won the Grammys that I did it. It was just, oh, it was so amazing. But anyways, and so the next, it was Thanksgiving night. I was at the gas station <laughs> and I was getting gas. I love that and you know every detail. I know. Listen, so I'm sitting there and the XM radio comes on and they're playing their song. They're playing like their freaking song. It was just like, I couldn't believe it to be a part of this with them. And it really did feel like we were all on this journey with them. Because, I mean, I watched this video in January. I'd gone back because I tagged Abigail in it in the first video I shared. And it was right after she published it on TikTok. I shared it on Instagram. And it's like, you could just see the progression of all the different stuff that's happened since then. And it's, it's insane. I mean, 11 months later, here they are. Like, wow. It's crazy. So it was just a big moment for, for them and for everybody. And I just thought another nod to Bridgerton and the romance community and two incredible young women who are just changing the way we look at it. The only women in that category nominated. Oh, they were wow. the only ones. Yeah, yeah. So it was really cool. That was that was an awesome moment. So if you haven't listened to it, go check out the unofficial Bridgerton Guide. Like there's a song on it that tears at my heart. And if you've seen Bridgerton, the girl's name is Penelope Featherington. And it's played by um, I think it's Nicola Rendell. She is the Irish actress. She's in like Dairy Girls and just everything. She's incredible. She also has a podcast and it's called Tiptoe Through the Clover, I think. I can't remember. Anyways, she played a character called Penelope Featherington. And in the story, Bridgerton, excuse me, a little bit of a spoiler, she sort of pines for the main character's brother. And so she kind of pines for him her whole life. But she's the chubby girl Mm -hmm. from kind of the poor, obnoxious family that, you know, doesn't really, he doesn't see her. You know, he just always looks past her. And so she's got this song that they wrote for her. And Emily sings it. I think it's the only song on the album she sings, the composer. And it starts off, never is thin, never is perfect. And it's like, it's such a beautiful song. And it's basically saying, like, she doesn't feel like she's ever worthy of the boy's love. Yeah. And, God, it's just, it's so relatable to if you've ever had a crush on a boy that just did not see you. And, oh, my God, it's so good. But <sighs> the whole album's amazing. You should listen to it. It's got it's got some great music. So in the spirit of that, let's go to some emails from lady listeners. I don't know. That was a terrible transition, but that's what I stuck with. <laughs> 
All right. This one's entitled Things That Make Me Cringe Slash Annoy Me and I Love. <laughs> I don't know right. what this is, but I was like, let's read it. Hi, ladies. I was listening to Roping the Cowboy and you ladies were talking about things that make me cringe. So I thought I'd put my stuff out there. Here we go. Things that make me cringe. Number one, the smell of change. Yes! Oh my God! Tell me, how do you identify with that? What is that? I the first thing I don't want change in my hand. I will try to open it, put it in something else. It leaves the smell. I hate it. I hate the smell of it. I hate the sound of it. Oh, it's just it's gross. I totally a hundred percent get that one. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, number two, the word smell, smelly, stink, seeing a pattern, LOL, stink, oh, the smell, stink, <laughs> she says seeing a pattern. I will agree with that. When I read that in a book and they, and I, I read the words like he smelled like this, I think it means an odor, oh, you know, okay. instead of like his scent was this, if I, if I read he smelled like this, I think like, well, is he smelly? Like. Sometimes that'll catch me. I mean, it's not bad, but, like, I can kind of... Yeah, I can see where somebody, their train of thought just goes to bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, Number three, certain things in 2010, now comedians, uh, now comedies, mostly to do with either then arguing, lying, uh, lying, obviously, awkward moments between characters. There is something about new comedies nowadays that for some reason they make cringe comedies. And I can't stand it. What happened to movies like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> Though that movie is weird if you think about it too much. LOL. I would agree with that. I saw um, this lady on TikTok. She talks about movies that um, that really should not be out there still to this day. And one of them she posted up was the movie Shallow Howl. Where he's like, yeah, he's like, won't date anybody that's not attractive. And then they change his mind. And it's like Rosemary in it. She is played by Gwyneth Paltrow, who wears like this huge fat suit in it. And it sucks because the whole predicament behind this is, is that uh, they try to make it seem like obviously Rosemary couldn't be attractive because she is so big. Yeah. You know, that, that so, but it's like, she's a normal sized person. Even in the fat suit, she's a normal sized person. So, yeah, that kind of irritated me as well when I, I was like, yeah, fuck that movie. <laughs> I watch 90 Day Fiance and I've noticed that it's getting more cringy than it was just entertaining. Like really? the people they're getting and stuff are just cringeworthy. Now. Is it because of that? Like the body, like the body sizing and stuff? No, just the the types of people that are now getting on the TV screen. I don't know why, but I've noticed like I was watching it actually over the weekend. I was watching the single life and I was like, this is just cringeworthy. It's like they're wanting to find people that aren't even like that we can be like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe they'll fall in love. Oh, we're just like, like relatable. Yeah, they're just looking for TV. We're like, people. God, this is so Mm. yeah i hate that yeah because you know that sort of loses the magic of the show you know when you have people that actually fall in love and stick to it versus you're just trying to find a a tv identity you know like a tv celebrity yeah which is what i feel like you know kind of happens with most reality tv eventually yeah you know it starts out genuine like the bachelor I feel like it kind of started out as like maybe a real searching for love sort of thing when now it's just, it seems ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I, sh- I say that and I've never watched it, but I'm passing judgment. So there we go. 
Uh, number four, wet hair. I used to have a major thing with hair. If I was in the shower and there was wet hair on me, I freaked the fuck out. But I still hate wet singular hair or a bundle of wet hair or dry hair. Well, as someone with, like, really long hair, you just got to get over that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, just cut your hair off. <laughs> this is things that annoy me. One, when a romance movie or in books, when the woman messes with the man, then the man messes with the woman for revenge, then the woman finds out, and the woman is mad, and the man has to grovel. The woman started it. I get that it's more fun to see the man grovel, but it annoys me so much. I don't know. I disagree with that because I think men should grovel in everything. Yes. <laughs> I like to knock my phone out of my husband's hand and it's mm-hmm. funny to me, but he can't do it to me. It's not funny. No, exactly. <laughs> like, why would that be funny to, to you? It's obviously only hilarious when it happens yes. to him. <laughs> things that I love. Though I'd end with some nice things. One, I love uh, the look of uncooked meringue. Really? Like, I guess it's, like, fluffy and pretty, you know, like when you beat it in the bowl. Um, Two, wet cats. Their fur against their skin is kind of funny. (laughs) Three, romance books. Also, you were talking about Grey's Anatomy on the Shy Virgin episode, and I just have to ask, how the hell do so many doctors die on that show? They work at a fucking hospital. (laughs) It's true. That got me. Anyway, thanks for reading A. That, okay, that ending I didn't see coming. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's, she's not wrong. <laughs> like, how, how does that keep happening? <laughs> All right, this one's entitled Theory on Romance. Hi, ladies. I had a discussion with someone about romance, and part of the conversation was about why people have certain fantasies like forced submission and stuff that is seen as problematic in real life, and I couldn't really think of an answer. I was wondering if you had a theory as to why people have certain fantasies, and more importantly, why it's okay. I kind of drew a blank, and now I want to know why it's okay to have certain fantasies. Uh, I've had instances in my romance reading in life where I've judged myself with the things that I read, and I think that maybe there is something wrong with me. Then I'll listen to you ladies, and I feel better. And now that I write romance and have some ideas that are on the darker side, I'm kind of worried about having to defend myself about why I can write about forced submission books and it's okay. I guess this conversation had me a touch upset. As per usual, I end up talking to myself because I don't have a therapist yet to talk to anything about. And I thought about my theory of romance. The thing I guess I can't just not talk about it and let them deal with it. But I just don't want to make it seem like I don't have a good enough reason or that I'm ashamed. The disadvantage of not having an answer to something like that is that assumption that you don't either know or they somehow got you and I don't really want to feel like that anymore. Also, I have my own theory as to why romance writers and readers aren't respected. I think it's because the most people, I think it's because most people, um, people respect for women is so fucking low that the things that women love like romance have their worth questioned. I mean, if you don't respect women, why would you think that the things they love are worth the same respect? Anyways, thanks for reading from one romance lover to another. I think there's one key thing you should remember. You don't have to explain shit to anybody. Amen. I I definitely start with that. (laughs) You ain't got it. You ain't got an answer to fucking nobody. (laughs) Now what? I think that's something as a woman, like you, you kind of want to have your guns loaded. 
for a situation like that, but you ain't got to go to that fight. <laughs> like, you don't got to go to the gunfight. You just go the other way. Yeah. But, like, that's just the start of it. If you, you don't ever feel like, honey, like, don't ever feel like you got to validate yourself yeah. to anybody. You don't owe nobody shit. But if you want to answer them, I always like to say romance is a safe place to explore any fantasy you have. Yeah. And it's hard to say, like, why certain people have these Yeah, fantasies. because some I mean, people... everybody has their own key. Some people have, you know, forced submission things because psychologically something terrible happened to them. And that's just how it comes out. It's weird. And it's that's crazy. how they control it. And yeah. some people have never had anything bad happen to them mm-hmm. and still have the exact same fantasy, too. Yeah. There's never any way of really truly explaining it. Yeah. I mean, not for everybody. Like, you can't give a generalization like, oh, women like this because of this. That's just not, I mean, you're not, that's like explaining why it, anything, like why the certain smells make people excited and some don't, you know, why some words turn people off. Like, everybody's different. You know, there's nobody likes every flavor of ice cream is a basic way to say it. But I think there's a lot of instances with forced submission with women that enjoy it. I think it has to do with power. And like you say, like it's either someone's had it taken away and they want to take it back or someone's never had it taken and it's the fantasy of having it taken. Yeah. You know, I mean, it it means a lot of different things to different people. I mean, but I think if anybody's questioning why you do it, like it's just the middle finger up to me. <laughs> you know, it's like. You know, I I made a video about that one time on Instagram where because I was so mad, I had just like read something about that where this it was like somebody was shitting on the romance genre and I just got so fucking pissed. And I said, you know, men are never asked to defend themselves for the porn they like. No. You know, nobody's ever asking a man, why do you like that barely legal shit? Yeah. You know, why do you like the stepmom shit? Why do you want to watch that? You know, nobody's knocking on their door saying Tell me your reason why that's okay. And at least when we kind of do our forced submission stuff, we're actually in the role of the victim. Yeah. And not necessarily. The aggressor. (laughs) Yeah. The one that's doing it. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's not, you know, and it's like when men watch stuff like that, yeah, it's like they're getting off on the power of doing that to someone. And, And again, it's not to say one's right or one's wrong, but it's, I feel like men are never required to, you know. Explain that. Explain that. Yeah. Or defend themselves on it. When women, especially women who write romance are just like, tell us why you do it. You know, like, like you owe anybody shit because you fucking don't. I don't always so. feel like that question comes from a genuine place. And that's why I'm like, I don't got to explain yes. myself to you. Now, but coming mm-hmm. from like. The email, yes, of course, that's yes. a genuine place. Let's talk about it. Yep. But these other people that you're, like, gearing yourself up to, mm-hmm. it's just almost like, fuck you, step back. Yep, nail on the head, nail on the head. Because people who are going to ask you to defend it are, I'd say, 99% of the time men. <laughs> and the women who ask you to defend it are fucking prudes. And are looking like, for something to assholes. poke at it, too. Yeah, they're looking down their nose at you, and they don't deserve your answer. So... Write what the fuck you want. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> All right. Let's give them the second half of The Wrong Blue Eyes by B.B. Reed. I said it on Tuesday's episode, but be sure to check out the show notes with all the stuff and the giveaways and links and everything else like that. But let's go into this one and we'll see you on the other side.
Book bonding is what you read before you read. Sign up for free, pick your favorite genre or genres, and they'll let you know about the latest deals, freebies, and new releases in an email that's fun to read. Because who doesn't love an abundance of books? That's bookbundant, bookbundant com. Sign up today. The best deals and new releases in ebook, romance, mystery, thriller, fantasy, and sci-fi. Bookbundant.com. Chapter 4 Noel. Three days until Christmas. My eyes opened the next morning, and the first thing I saw was tanned skin and man nipple. I blinked to clear my vision before letting my head fall back. Exhaling my relief, I smiled at the cute face Paxton was making in his sleep. He always looked so adorable when he slept. I wrestled my hand free to cup his cheek and run my fingers through his hair. I didn't want to wake him, but I couldn't resist. His eyes slowly opened, and when our gazes met, I gasped. Pale blue. His eyes were pale blue. Seeing my panic, Nick reacted quickly, rolling on top of me before I could flee, Good morning, sunshine. Get off me, you prick. I kicked and slapped to no avail while Nick grinned like an idiot and held me down. I thought we'd gotten past this, L. He was frowning now as if I'd truly hurt his feelings. You're insane. You're insane, I repeated, as if only realizing it myself. If I'm crazy, it's because of you. It's because I'm crazy for you. Now tell me what I can do to make you accept that this is happening. Do you not even care a little what this will do to Paxton? Nick's frown was genuine this time as he scowled down at me. Nobody cares about my brother more than I do. And do you think I don't? He scoffed as he lifted off me and stood from the bed before grabbing his jeans and pulling them on. I think if you did as much as you claim you'd admit that you don't love him. I stood as well, keeping the sheet wrapped around me when I stood in front of him. I so didn't want to have this argument with my boobs and twat hanging out. We have problems, Nick. That's what happens in relationships, but you work through them. You fight. You'd know that if you tried being in one instead of screwing girls and discarding them when you're done. So that's your deal? He spat. You're leading my brother on because you can't risk falling for the twin who can't commit? I slapped him. But when I tried a second time, he caught my wrist and squeezed. Make this the last time you hit me, or I'll even the playing field. Let me go! I didn't even want to talk about how screwed up I had to be getting turned on by his threat. I had enough problems. Like, how was I going to explain a pussy full of cum to my boyfriend? Paxton wasn't exactly the trusting type. He didn't like surprises, and he didn't like not being in control. Nick surprisingly let me go, and I turned away from him to search for my phone. Where did I... I spotted my pink case peeking out from underneath the bed and snatched my phone from the floor. The screen immediately lit up, 
and I noticed my battery was almost dead. But then I frowned when I didn't see any texts or missed calls from Paxton. I knew we had our problems, but I didn't want to believe we'd fallen so far he no longer cared what happened to me. Instead of getting angry, desperation filled me as I pulled up his number and tapped the call button. It rang once before going to voicemail. I tried again with the same result. Maybe his phone had died. Or maybe he'd turned it off. Knowing Paxton, I knew which possibility was the most likely. Fine, I just have to find him. I'll tell him what happened and beg for his forgiveness. It'd be rough, but we could get past it. Do you even know my brother at all? Nick asked the moment I turned around. I could see on his face that he knew what I planned to do. He won't forgive you, Elle. Even if he still wanted you, he wouldn't forgive you. Do you know why? Because Paxton takes what he wants. There is no middle ground with him. It's all or nothing. So, what are you saying? I'm saying you've been dating all this time, and he hasn't married you or even asked. That's huge. We're young. It's only been three years. That doesn't mean anything. Not for Pax. We may be young, but mentally, he's light years ahead of us. He would have proposed by now, L. He'd marry you in grad school and knock you up the moment he started making a livable salary. I felt a tear slip down my cheek as I shook my head in denial and took a step back. The rage in Nick's eyes when he saw my refusal to believe him had reached a tipping point. For fuck's sake, Elle, he has his kids' names picked out already. Has he even told you what they are? No, he'd never even mentioned kids to me. I always assumed he didn't want them or simply wasn't ready for them. I'd have asked him for my peace of mind, but I was a coward and afraid to know the answer. Maybe I'd always known. Baby, Nick began when he saw the crushed look on my face. He took a step toward me, but I backed away and wrapped my arms around myself. You're an asshole, I whispered with my gaze on the floor. I'm sorry, he said making me look up. This is not, he swallowed. This is not what I intended. I didn't mean for it to go this way. For what? To go what way? I pushed through my teeth. Suddenly, I remembered his words from last night. How he'd risked everything to have me and how I'd picked the wrong brother. My gaze narrowed. You planned this. You gave me the wrong key on purpose. Yes. I hadn't expected that. His brutal honesty. How could you? I yelled once I recovered. I thought you were my friend. He stormed toward me and cornered me against the desk. Maybe I don't want to be your friend, he barked. Maybe I'm sick of pretending that I don't love you and watching you be with my brother. No more, Elle. You're mine. As soon as he finished speaking, I grabbed the heavy lamp on the desk and slammed it over his head. Realizing what I'd done, 
I stared in shock as he crumpled to the floor. And when I saw the blood on his temple, my heart stopped. I quickly dropped down next to him to check his pulse. I sighed with relief once I realized he was breathing and shot to my feet before darting over to the safe. I tried a few different combinations, including the code to his phone, which he'd given me freely one day when I jokingly demanded it. I paused and then, with hesitant fingers, typed in zero, six, two, four. When the green light flashed and the lock disengaged, butterflies took flight in my belly. My birthday. He'd chosen my birthday. Swallowing down the emotion that burst free, I grabbed my clothes before quickly dressing. Against my will, I stopped when I reached the door and couldn't help the lingering backward look I took before coming to my senses and darting out. The room door slammed shut behind me as I looked left and then right down the hall. I had no idea which room was Paxton's, or even Felicity for that matter. Felicity! Grabbing my phone from my back pocket, I quickly dialed Fell. When it rang once before going to voicemail, my heart skipped a beat in my chest. No. No! Refusing to believe what my paranoia was telling me, I shoved my phone into my pocket before rushing toward the elevators. I'd start in the lobby before checking the slopes. Paxton was a huge ski fanatic, so I wouldn't be surprised if he were already there. I stabbed the elevator button again and again, and just as it finally dinged its arrival, I heard a door opening down the hall. Daring a look over my shoulder, I squealed when I saw it was Nick stumbling from his room, holding his bleeding head, and still very much shirtless. Shit! L! he shouted when he spotted me. The elevator doors began to open, and I darted through them before hurriedly pressing the lobby button, and then the close button over and over. L, wait! Eat shit! I shouted back as he ran toward me. Come on, you bastard. Close, goddammit. Finally, the elevator complied and slid closed, just as Nick reached it. The last thing I saw was the desperation in his eyes and his fist punching the doors when they shut. Sighing my relief, I rested my head against the wall and closed my eyes. How did I get here? When the elevator reached the lobby, I stepped out and looked around. When I didn't immediately spot Paxton or Felicity, I headed over to the front desk. Good morning, the chipper receptionist greeted me. How may I help you? Ritzy hotel or not, I was glad the lady was skilled enough to keep her welcoming composure, even though I looked like hell. Hi, uh, can you tell me what room Paxton Cruz is in, please? I'm sorry, I can't give out that information without proper identification. I just barely kept from rolling my eyes as I pulled my wallet from my purse. Okay, well, can you tell me what room Noelle Brooks is in then? I slid my ID across the counter to prove it was me. Certainly, she agreed with a smile before taking my ID. I looked around as she typed in my name, 
And then seconds later, she spoke. You're in room 506, ma'am. No, I stuttered as my body temperature rose. That can't be right. Please check again. That was Nick's room. I'm sorry, but it says it right here. You and Nicholas Cruz checked in yesterday. She raised her brow, obviously picking up on the fact that I'd given her the name of two different men who also shared an uncommon surname. Karma was a petty bitch today. Okay, I whispered with my heart in my throat. I wanted the floor to open up and swallow me. Thank you. I turned, not knowing where to go or what to do. So I started for the front door. I made it three steps before I spotted Paxton walking through those same doors. Just as I had predicted, he was dressed for the slopes and smiling harder than I'd seen him do in years. Next to him was none other than my motherfucking best friend. She laughed and looked damn near in love as she stared at my man like he was hers. Neither had noticed me yet, even though I stood no more than five feet away. That was how into each other they were. They stopped just inside the door, and he said something to her I couldn't hear before brushing a fallen snowflake from her button nose, still red from the cold. My first instinct was to break it and see how cute he found the bitch then. I watched Paxton lift his hand and Felicity's breath catch when he suggestively licked the snowflake from his thumb while staring deep into her eyes. Oh, hell no. L. I was mid-step, hands bald, when I heard my name. Paxton and Felicity both followed the sound of Nick's voice until they found him rushing off the elevator, fully dressed now. And when they followed his gaze, their eyes bucked, finally seeing me standing there. They both took a guilty step away from each other, but it was too late. I'd seen enough. Paxton recovered quickly and was now wearing a blank expression while Felicity looked like she was stuck in a horror film. The moment Pax saw the violence in my eyes, he pushed Felicity behind him. That fucking did it. With rage pouring from my heart and my head checking out of the drama, I charged them both. I got two steps within reach before I was snatched back and off my feet. Two arms wrapped around my waist and held me close as I fought to break free. Nick, let me go, I screamed, drawing even more attention. I didn't give a damn about all the rich bitches clutching their pearls. They could choke for all I cared. Calm down, Elle, Nick pleaded. It's not what you think, baby. Just let me explain. I let out a deranged laugh that made me sound even crazier than I looked, and that was saying a lot. I had just witnessed my boyfriend ready to protect my best friend from me, and it wasn't what I thought. The only thing worse than getting cheated on and betrayed was my intelligence being insulted. Noelle, Felicity pleaded, please calm down. 
I swear, nothing. Don't you say a fucking word to me, bitch. I know you're upset, Paxton cut in, but I will not allow you to disrespect Felicity. I paused out of shock before I chuckled in disbelief. Oh, wow, Pax, you really are a piece of shit. My best friend of all the girls? My brother? He shot back with a tilt of his head. He looked much calmer than I expected. I swallowed when guilt and denial rendered me mute. There was no way he could have known. I, I know you spend the night fucking my brother, he blurted before I could lie. Paxton, Nick barked in warning. I had the feeling Nick holding me back was the only thing keeping him from punching his twin. Paxton shoved his fingers through his hair in frustration before giving Nick a look that said they were fucked. Whatever they had plotted, it was apparent now, wasn't going as planned. It's funny, I went looking for Pax to confess but I didn't count on it being this hard or feeling like I was the one that had been duped. (sighs) I'm sorry, Paxton offered with a sigh. Just please stop pretending you're the victim in all of this. I haven't cheated on you, Noelle. Can you say the same? Maybe not physically, but emotionally you have. You've been treating me like a third wheel ever since we left home. I was trying to make this easier, Noelle. Can't you see that? Make what easier? This, he shouted while gesturing between the four of us. Us, the fact that we don't belong together and we never have. We were both with the wrong person. And what's worse is that the right ones have been standing in front of us all along. You, you could have just told me you didn't want to be with me. I could hear Nick whispering words of reassurance as I cried over his brother in his arms. This was so screwed. It wasn't that simple, and you know it, Noelle. Even if I told you I was in love with your best friend, you never would have given your blessing, and Fel would never have given me a chance. So you set me up to sleep with your brother? You entrapped me into cheating? No. I'm not stupid, Noel. okay? I know how you feel about Nick, and he... I caught the glance Paxton gave his brother before he continued. He told me how he feels about you. Believe it or not, I care about you, and I love my brother. I wanted you both happy, and this was the only way we all got to be with who we truly wanted. Even as my heart twisted in agreement... It was my pride that couldn't accept it. I'd given three years to someone who didn't love me. Someone who'd been looking past me all along. All at once, I felt the fight leave my body. Which, ironically, made Nick hold me tighter. You can let me go now, I told him calmly. When he hesitated, I added, Please. I couldn't stand him or anyone else touching me any longer. Just the thought made me ill. Slowly, Nick released me. And once I was free, I took one last look at all of them.
The three of them were watching me warily while pleading with me silently to understand. Never. I hope you're all very happy together. Chapter 5 Noel Two Days Until Christmas The only thing missing in this scenario is a cheering crowd as I run to you, or maybe me holding a boombox in the rain. My head shot up, hearing the familiar voice, and my lips parted, seeing who was standing there. Would you settle for a white flag? Fell? I gasped. What are you doing here? I thought that I'd choose a guy over my best friend. She rolled her eyes as she sat down next to me. I'd be insulted if I didn't understand why you'd feel that way. How did you even find me? She tilted her head to the side as she slowly turned a lock of her blonde hair. Remember that Bound concert we went to last year when they were on tour? After the show, we spent an hour looking for your car, and another trying to find each other after we somehow got separated? <sighs> yeah. Felicity held up her phone, showing me her screen. I snorted when I saw that I was still sharing my location with her. That night, we both turned on the feature and vowed to never turn it off under any circumstances after that harrowing journey. I'd never even given Paxton that privilege. <sighs> yeah. I couldn't help the smile that broke free while I nodded. <laughs> that was a close one. Being the drama queens we were, Fell and I ran to each other across the vast dark parking lot as if we'd been apart for ten years and had reunited against all the odds. The odds being a parking lot jam-packed with cars, low visibility, and two tipsy college girls with no sense of direction whatsoever. So, do you think it's true? Fell asked in a quiet tone. Do I think what's true? I was frowning now since she'd caught me off guard. That Bound's new guitarist is doing the entire band? I laughed. Have you seen her? Have you seen them? What it you? Fell and I high-fived each other, and that quickly, it was like old times. <laughs> yeah, I see your point. Besides, they're not really hiding it anymore. They're on the blogs, like, every week. Wanna bet your new Gucci boots she gets knocked up within a year? You're on, Fell agreed with a conspiratorial grin. We stared at each other for a moment before hugging. I'm sorry for flirting with Pax, Fell whispered. I never meant to hurt you. I let her go so I could meet her gaze. I'm sorry for calling you a bitch and definitely for trying to hurt you. Do you realize this is the first time we've ever fought over a guy? Seems to me we were overdue. She shrugged. Maybe, but do you love Paxton? I don't know. Maybe. I hardly know him, at least not like you do. I'm starting to think I didn't know him at all, Fell. Paxton stopped sharing pieces of himself with me a long time ago. 
I took her hands in mine and squeezed. Maybe he's been saving the rest for you? She shook her head vehemently. Not if it means our friendship, Noel. He's not the only person I love. It won't, I promise, I told her honestly. I'd had all of yesterday and last night in my cheap motel to think it over. It would be selfish of me to stop you while knowing I didn't love him like I thought I did. Then, she frowned. Why are you here? Waiting to get a flight out, I mumbled while looking away. You know that's not what I mean. I sighed and sat back. Because I can't accept what Nick did, Fell. He should have just told me how he felt. Would you have listened? Fell challenged. Maybe. I don't know. It would have been better than tricking me into bed with him. Instead of being honest, Nick and Paxton plotted to get us here to switch places and just expected us to fall in line. Now that you put it that way, a deep voice drawled, I can see why you tried to kill me. Felicity's eyes went wide at the same time mine did, and we both looked up to see the twins standing there. Nick was wearing a small bandage on his temple and holding my luggage along with his. Speaking of which, I was currently going commando because I decided clean underwear just wasn't worth getting cornered by Nick. I didn't try to kill you, I argued as I stood. If I had, you'd be dead. He perked an eyebrow at my wacky logic. Nevertheless, I'm sorry. And if I have to grovel on my knees in front of all these people, I'll do it, Elle. So do it, my bestie prompted him. God, I loved her. Nick glanced at her, but when his gaze returned to me, and I didn't turn down his offer, he grinned before getting down on bended knee. I heard gasps and whispers as everyone started pointing and staring. You're cruel for this, he whispered as he took my hand in his. And you pretended to be your brother so that I'd fuck you, I reminded him. Some older lady two seats down must have overheard, because she made a sound of distress before shooting from her seat. Nick, Paxton, Fell, and I snickered at the sight of her fleeing. Noel Ashton Brooks, Nick began. Will you please forgive me for being an idiot, for not telling you I loved you sooner, and for tricking you into the best sex you ever had? I smirked when Paxton coughed at his brother's claim. Sorry, Pax. I'd have to agree. It was the best sex I'd ever had. I don't know. I said as I pretended to think. I was really enjoying the sight of Nick on his knees in front of all these people. <sighs> Let me think. Epilogue Noel Christmas Day Oh, God, yes, yes, harder! The hum of the vending machine along with the ice machine next to it was barely enough to cover my screams as Nick fucked me feverishly inside the dark alcove.
Moments after I agreed to forgive him, all flights were canceled due to the approaching snowstorm. The four of us had wasted no time hurrying back to the resort for shelter, where we also decided to finish our vacation. That had been two days ago. Today was Christmas morning, and we all decided to celebrate in the suite Paxton had booked, which was also where Felicity had been staying. True to his word, Paxton had given her a separate bedroom, which Nick and I were now using since he'd given up his room. Apparently, Nick had planned to chase me all the way back to New Jersey if he had to. I had to say it was pretty awkward giving Paxton his gift of two ties now that we were broken up, and I was dating his twin. It was also equally uncomfortable receiving the diamond tennis bracelet from Nick. And to make matters worse, I had nothing to give him since I hadn't expected Nick to be on this trip let alone me becoming his before the end of it. Being the great guy he was, Nick simply kissed me and said he'd think of something when I promised to make it up to him. It didn't take him long to show me what he had in mind. Less than an hour later, he volunteered us to refill the ice bucket. And that was the story of how I ended up here, getting fucked against the side of the vending machine with my red dress hiked around my waist and Nick's jeans shoved down his thighs. He looked adorable in his matching red Christmas sweater. Baby, you feel so fucking good, Nick said, grunting like an animal as he humped me. He suddenly stopped, though, and began kissing me deeply before staring lovingly into my eyes. Merry Christmas, Elle. Merry Christmas, Nick. This has been The Wrong Blue Eyes by B.B. Reed. Read for you by Lou Banks. Welcome back. Hey. Thank you guys so much. Thanks to B.B. for being with us this week. We're super excited to have her on again. She is welcome to come back anytime. And if she is listening, that means you have to come back on again. Okay, <laughs> great. Thanks. Come back and join us on next week's episode. We have a brand new book from Jagger Cole. Yay! Yes, I know. It's going to be super exciting. He's going to be kicking or, well, I guess ending, well, part of, uh, well, we may have something after him. It's like a little Christmas surprise, but he'll be the first dude we have on here. So I'm excited. We'll see how it goes. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Tell him what to do. Yes. Fuck your day up. Make sure your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read.